Aussies love renovation shows, dreaming the dream of dissing the nine to five job to be their own boss, flicking through design magazines for inspiration, choosing tiles, color schemes, appliances and furnishings to create that lasting impression and a profit. To move on to their next one, improving their technique as they go. However, it isn't as easy as the dream. Today, we revisit episode 71 with Josh Summers, who talks to us about the background stuff you need to be a champion at flipping properties. You're listening to Real Estate Right. Top experts talk about how to buy, sell, rent, and invest right. Your host is Sue Langda. Josh Summers is a young, successful renovator who flips properties for a living. He has the backing of people like Real Estate Rights' own Frank Volantic from Advantage Property Group, My Mortgage Freedom and Periton Property to help him find the right property and the money he needs to make it happen. He has found a balance between investing in the property market without sacrificing lifestyle, which means he gets to enjoy life, travel and spending time with his family. Welcome, Josh. How are you? Very well, thank you. That's good. Um, now, Josh Summers, you are a champion flipping property person. So how how did you get into flipping property? Uh, I think I just got to that point um, that most people will reach uh, when they have to start considering their first property. Uh, all my friends around me were going out and buying their first house and they were mm-hmm. loading themselves up on mortgages and kind of it impacted their lifestyle a little bit and it wasn't really a path that I wanted to go down personally so I kind of uh, went down a different route and as opposed to buying a home I wanted to spend the next five to ten years in I started buying properties uh, that had a good investment potential and then started purchasing and renovating those. Awesome so how old were you when you started doing that? Uh, I believe I was 26 when I bought my yeah. first property. Yeah, and uh, how many properties have you done so far? I've done four now, and hopefully by the end of the week, I'll have purchased another two. Oh, wow. Is that through our great friend, Frank? Did, are you it has him? been, yep. yep. Yep, it has been. He's been um, a big part of my success, and yes. uh, yeah, I do owe him a lot. Yeah, I'm sure you do. Um, now, how does one flip a property? Um, well, like I said before, there's uh, when you're renovating a property, there's um, there's two different ways to go about it. Now, if you're renovating a house that you're going to spend a lot of time in, and it might be your family home, then obviously you're probably going to capitalise a little bit more on to get it how you um, like, basically your own preference um, and how you want the place to be. But alternatively, renovating a property to flip it, you the biggest trick that I've found doing mine is the art comes in not overcapitalizing. I mean, you don't want to spend a whole heap of money because at some point you're not really going to see enough of a return to cover that cost. So that's kind of where the fine line comes between, you know, investment-based renovation and renovating the family home. Yes. Yeah. You're doing it at a certain level, aren't you? You're not, um, you're doing it to your standards. You're doing it to consumer standards. Yeah, exactly right. Yeah. Um, so what sort of return as a percentage are you looking for when you search for a property to flip? Well, because the properties I generally look at are sort of at the investment sort of level, they're not 
um, really expensive properties or at the higher end of the market, I kind of go, especially with all the government assistance there is these days, these days, I go between that four, four to five hundred thousand uh, dollar mark um, yeah. in terms of purchase point. Mm-hmm. Um, and then with that margin, being a carpenter, I can kind of capitalize on my own skills um, and save a lot of money. But the the margin I tend to work on, if I do all my comparable comparable sales and I can't see myself increasing the value of a property by at least 150K, yeah. then it, it wouldn't be worth my time. Yeah. How many months would you like invest in that in terms of time? Uh, usually, oh, well, not usually. I always try to get them out quite quick because uh, the property as it sits there is you're kind of losing money by paying yeah. the bank interest um, and not getting a rental return. So there's a bit of a double-edged sword. Um, during that renovation process. So I think I did one property and it took me around six weeks to renovate. Uh, another oh, one wow. ten. Um, but then other ones have taken longer, but that they, I might have been staying at the property at the time. So yeah. I did it at a slower rate, but it wasn't really – I still had to be living somewhere. So that, yeah. it depends on your situation, but the quicker you can get them out, then um, it's basically saving you more money. Yeah. Yeah, so essentially from, from the time of settlement to the time you sell and settle the property after you've renovated it, it could be, what, as little as three months? Um, well, usually I, I try to hold on a little bit longer. Um, oh, okay. Like in terms of um, your capital gains and things like that, it's really beneficial to hold on them for at least a year. Uh, you yeah. can really get stung on the other end if you go and flip properties so quick. I mean, it's one thing to say that you only get taxed when you make money, but you're basically handing over money. If you can afford to hold, you're better off holding for a, yeah. at least 12 months. So after you renovate it, do you then get somebody into rent it for a little yep. bit? Yep, definitely. Yeah. Um, yeah. And a, a big uh, big help which I have found is um, I use, use the guys at Beat. BMT quantity surveys and they um they come out they're really great to work with and get a report done after the renovations um and then in terms of your tax time uh yeah it's really beneficial to get, maximize your return so that's that's something I could highly recommend oh okay so it's just adding that it's like an added value extra that um they come out survey what you've done is that right well, basically what they do is they come out and they do a survey of um, what you've sort of increased and what you've spent on the property. And then, as I'm sure a lot of your listeners know, it's the land that increases in value, whereas yeah. everything else of the house is deteriorating. So that's actually decreasing in value. Uh, so you can depreciate everything that you've done on the property. So they'll, they'll come out and they'll, you know, quantify yeah. all those things and then you, it's just to maximize your um your return at tax time you've got yeah. you've got a big claim against yeah so yeah essentially yeah I know, I know what you mean now yeah so it's all about the depreciation schedule isn't it yeah definitely yeah yeah sounds like a good um thing to do so what suburbs do you find are the best properties to flip oh yeah i've, I've moved around quite a bit it's um yeah. I've moved around quite a bit just in terms of lifestyle, but also the properties I've purchased have been from St Kilda to 
uh, Bentley, a uh, couple in Reservoir, uh, looking some in Essendon at this point. Um, so, so they're in a sort of a, a, a 20k perimeter of the city. Yeah, definitely. But you know, you can you can make money anywhere. I mean, I, yeah. uh, I used to go to a few property seminars, and this one a really interesting bit of information I got: if if you bought basically anywhere over Victoria. 20 years ago, your your percentage of growth, no matter where you bought, would have been approximately the same. So it's more about getting your money in the market um, mm. to a certain extent. But if you can buy something and buy below the median, then mm. you'll go a long way towards uh, seeing a return on your money a lot quicker. So that's the key, to buy below the median price of the area at the time. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Like with the, um, the ripple effect, which is pretty accurate. I mean, if you're buying mm. something and... And the one down the road by a similar similar dwelling, and you've got it slightly cheaper, then ultimately your money will come up to meet that. That mark, yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So in terms of renovations, what should be the bare basics we should do to flip a property? Um, there's a couple of things. Like obviously everyone talks about, you know, kitchens and bathrooms selling houses, which yeah. you know, I couldn't agree more with, but uh, things as simple as render and paint, they're just liquid gold. Uh, you can yeah. modernise these old school homes, you know, they, these homes that no one else wants and you can make them look uh, modern really, really easily. So like, those sort of things I um, yeah, couldn't uh, couldn't recommend enough. I mean, I've used those on every single property and people when they see the befores and afters, so they wouldn't even believe it's the same property. Yeah. And some of the old school, like, 60s and 70s kind of units um some of those body corporates are now a bit more flexible so if you wanted to render a unit in in one of those you know four or five unit blocks um you know you basically start sending the trend for everybody else to do the same thing um yeah yeah, and that's okay you know um like the, the body corporates are quite um not as strict as some of the the high rises or the yeah, newer buildings, if you know what I mean. Yeah, of course. I think that's one thing I, I couldn't also um, recommend enough is just to maybe steer clear of, you know, those big complexes if you're looking for capital growth. I mean, you're not yeah. going to see a good deal when there's a building going up next door for a cheaper price. It's just uh, mm-hmm. you're not going to make any margins in those. So dealing with those smaller dwellings um, and um, maybe one to two fl- uh, floors, then – yeah. A lot easier to deal with with those body corporates, easier and modernised. I mean, you've got lower body corp fees. Yeah. Um, and you're also dealing with less people, which means less people to oppose anything that you might want to change yeah. about the property. Yeah. And even look at things like um, the rate of owner occupancy versus uh, tenancies and stuff like that. Because I know, like I've lived in an older 70s style block of units. So it was only five and three of us who lived there were unoccupiers and, and two of them were tenants. So every time we wanted to do something body corporate wise, um, we just have a, you know, barbecue around the tape, you know, in the middle of the driveway. And, you know, that was our body corporate meeting and, and the two investors were um, you know, non um non active and and so the three of us would make the decision that things had to be done. Like it might be just, oh, let's fix a fence or let's do this. Yeah, I know exactly what you mean. I'm not even going to lie. But I, I have uh, pulled such a swifty, whereas I was giving a proxy vote on um, 
for a motion and I, I voted to um, to have the landscaping redone using uh, the group funds and my uh, having the extra vote means the motion went through, which was fabulous because I wasn't, wasn't far from selling. Yeah. Now, how about structural things? Like what are some of the structural issues that make you decide that this is not the right property for you to flip? Um, I actually got this asked this question just recently while I was yeah. uh, checking a, a property in Mentone and there was a young couple there and uh, they seemed uh, quite new to the property game and anyway yeah. they asked me how I knew that there was no structural damage and well ultimately unless you get inside the, loop, the roof you can't be too sure but yeah. uh, a couple of little tricks are if you can stand at the front of the property or any angle you can see the roof line if the roof line runs straight usually you don't have any sinking of foundations. Yeah. Um, another great one, obviously, looking for cracks in concrete or in the brickwork mm-hmm. uh, or even plaster inside the house can be some real telltale signs if there's yeah. any, any um, underlying issues. Mm. Um, other than those, without having a really good um, inspect, like underneath the house or inside the roof, it's harder to see if there's any like other issues or stuff that's been patched and fixed. But I think most people do their due diligence these days and do get a full building report. Yeah. But those are, those are the things that I do when I first check out a property. And if those check out, I think nine times out of 10, you're going to be pretty safe. Pretty safe. Yeah. Cause like stylists these days have a good way of covering these things up, don't they? Yeah. Yeah. definitely. So yeah, that crack in the floor or that crack in the wall is usually covered up by a rug yeah. or a painting. So, yeah. <laughs> um, now we're going to have a short break and come back with more from Josh Summers when we talk about some of the problems he has encountered when flipping property. You're listening to Real Estate Right, and we are talking to successful property flipping expert josh summers and how people just like you can learn how to flip property just like josh so josh how often do you find that you need to do things like rewire replumb restump etc um and how much can that eat into your budget um things like restumping um if it i came across a project where that had to be done i'd be a little bit more tentative whether to take it on unless i knew there was a really strong margin that would cover it Mm-hmm. Uh, to date, I haven't had to do that, um, thankfully. Yes. Uh, and things like the plumbing and um, rewiring, uh, I wouldn't say I've had been forced to rewire, but um, every property I've done, I've upgraded lighting to down lights or move yeah. switches. So there's been a lot of that done regardless, uh, yeah. just to modernise. So you might as well get the whole lot done, yeah? You know, um, not necessarily. I mean, all the properties I've done uh, have been probably 80s and after, so they're not okay. in too bad a condition anyway. Yeah. If you're looking at older ones, obviously, you you could come across a lot more issues. But yeah. uh, on every property I've done, I've redone kitchens and redone bathrooms. So I guess you could say they were they were always going to get redone. Um, yeah. So it wasn't it wasn't an added cost. Uh, it was just required to modernise the home. So. Yeah. Um, I haven't had any problems which I wasn't aware of beforehand. So there was nothing that was uh, a huge shock in the budget. 
Mm. So thankfully enough, I think maybe coming from a trade background, I've probably avoided a few of those issues. Yeah, which is good. Um, so generally a restumping would cost like sort of between six and ten grand, depending on how big the house is, wouldn't it? Yeah, most definitely. It's just completely yeah. dependent on um, you know, how many stumps and how big the house is and things like yeah. that. Yeah, so and then on top of the restumping, you know, you you're working from the ground up. So essentially it's stuffed up your plaster, it's stuffed up your Yeah. Other things. So yeah, put redoing floors, redoing walls, yeah, uh, redoing plaster. Um, yeah, yeah, it's a big headache. What else are you going to find inside the walls if you're pulling everything apart? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's not just the restumping. It's yeah. Um, now, what are some of your key recommendations you should do before you buy a property to flip? So we've talked about the fact that you know you do your due diligence, do you know you get your building inspection in. Um, and you keep it under the median sale price. Anything else we should be looking at? Um, yeah, most definitely. I think it's worth uh, having a really good look around the neighbourhood. Um, yeah. You know, things like schools, railway, uh, even just a certain vibe of the neighbourhood is important. I mean, like if it's if it's an area and you drive around the corner, and you know, not there's anything wrong with it, but it, it could be a, a commission house just around the corner. Uh, which you know could impact you on sale date um, that you weren't aware of beforehand. Um, oh, obviously, you want to do not just your due diligence, but like have a lot, a uh, really good look around. A lot of comparable sales, um, mm. everything that's going on in the area or even in the surrounding suburbs, because yeah. as we spoke about before about that uh, ripple effect, if you can find a property pretty much identical to yours and it's sold very very strong in one suburb, suburb over. Yeah. If you give it a couple of years, there's a good chance you'll achieve a similar similar result. I think I think uh, one of the biggest parts of you know taking on um, you know renovations and sort of going down that uh, line of investing in the property market is having a really strong team around you. Now we spoke before that um, my mentor and a bloke who I have bought several properties through is Frank Valentic from Advantage Property, so I, I do owe a lot of my success to him. Yes. Um, not only that, um, you know, you can walk into a bank and apply for a loan and get one, of course, but you go into the shop next door and go to a mortgage broker and you can probably achieve an even better result, funny enough, just by getting someone else to do the paperwork for you. So uh, yeah. I, I use the guys at My Mortgage Freedom. They've handled all my loans and they're a pleasure to deal with also. Yeah. Um, who else should I think? Uh Dora from 2D Conveyancing, she's absolutely fabulous. I've been through uh, three other conveyances until I came across Dora and she's just fabulous. So I don't think I'll be yeah. changing out on that anytime soon. Yes, um, yes. It's a great It's great to have a, a good team of, of professionals but in the, the paperwork department around you as well as trades, isn't it? Oh, it's important. Very, very important if you're going to be doing multiple properties. Like we said before, if it's just a family home, you probably don't have to stress too much about all these things. Um, yeah. But if you're going to do do more than one and continue to do it, making the process really seamless is very important um, in terms yeah. of not just getting it done and maximising any results, but making it enjoyable as well. Mm, definitely. Another key point, actually, um, 
I used to go, as I mentioned, to a few seminars and this one speaker told me this one time and I thought it was just brilliant the way he uh, delivered it and it's have a really good accountant behind you. Now, most people use accountant, they spend all year, uh, you know, making mistakes or doing certain things wrong and they come into their accountant at the end of the financial year say, listen, I've done all these things wrong, what can you do for me? And now his belief was what you should do is you see your accountant at the start of the year and say, listen, this is what I want to do. What's the best way to go about it? And I actually thought that was a really, really brilliant way of looking at it. So I, before I do any purchases or make any decisions financially, I actually go speak to my accountant uh, before I do any of that. Yeah, because he knows where your tax level's at and all that stuff and and how to maximise what you need. So, yeah, sounds like good advice. Um, So talking about finances and all that sort of stuff on that side of it what financial concerns should you have when you're flipping a property like obviously tax issues unforeseeable costs agents fees like it all adds up doesn't it oh yes it all adds up and I think that's it's very important to sit down at the start and work out you know roughly what you want to spend what your budget is but then put in all these other factors as well I mean are you going to be paying lenders mortgage insurance should should you save a little bit longer and get your 20% deposit. Uh, Is that money better off staying in your account anyway for renovation costs? Um, There's all things that are very circumstantial, but, you know, in capital gains is, you know, the biggest hit you can take. I mean, you do only pay tax when you're making money, but anything you can avoid um, is better off in your pocket than someone else's. So Yeah. So, you know, when you said at the start that, you know, you like to make at least a minimum of $150,000 on your flips, um, yep. How much of that 150 would go to, for instance, your agent's fees and your tax bill and all that stuff? Would it be excessive or um, would it be half or would it be? Um, well, again, it's all pending um, what your profit margin is and what the price yeah. of the property is. It can be all very subjective on what you first buy the property for and then what you sell it for. So it's a yeah. bit hard to put an actual figure on it. Um, but I think the... I think the worst margin I ever made was around $60,000 for profit and profit yeah. for 12 months. And okay. I think the best from memory, the best I did was 130 grand for 12 months. So yeah. the, can't sneeze at that. The, the, the turnovers are quite weight, um, quite good, especially considering I do maintain a full-time job outside of my property. Um, yeah. property. So it's money you never had at the end of the year. So if you, it, as long as you can turn a profit and it um, it validifies all the time you put in there, then yeah, then it's not? worth it. Yeah, and 100%. that's that's assuming that you're selling one property a year, not you know, like you said, you might be buying two properties in the next few weeks. Well, that, then... yeah, that's it. I I just sold two two last November. So yeah, so. Yes, in, and that's the thing. You sort of put that money towards the next one, don't you, each time. That's that's how you flip and become more successful because you go from one, you might do one, 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 then you start going to two, 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 and then you go three, three, three yeah, a year. Definitely, definitely. definitely. That's, the, um, that's the effect. My biggest issue I'm having at the moment is um, while earning a good wage and being quite successful so far, it's, it's still hard to – get to that point while you have the have the cash for multiple properties yeah um you've still got to get the loan from the bank and that's where the that's where the issue comes down so yeah 
And banks don't make it easy. (laughs) Cash is king and sometimes you've just got to uh, slow down a little bit and just get a little bit more in the bank and then before you can take those bigger steps forward. Yeah, fair enough. Well, thank you so much, Josh, for coming and helping our listeners get on the right track when it comes to flipping property. Hope you enjoyed your time on Real Estate Right. I certainly did. Thank you very much for having me. Next week, we go back to the start of last year where we had the effervescent Alistair McLean, Dr. Retro from the Secret Design Studio to talk to us about mid-century architecture and how to love it. So don't miss it.